and stories are happening all the time. Do we have the courage to recognize them? And then once we recognize them, do we have the courage to share them? Hey, everybody. Uh, Today, we have a special guest, Danny Miranda. Danny is the host of the Danny Miranda podcast, and we are forever grateful to have him on the podcast. Um, So, Danny, I've been following you from afar for quite some time now, and I know you have some great intentions. Um, And I kind of wanted to start by asking about how you decided to take your leap of faith um, for quitting your job and working on your podcast full time and kind of what type of thoughts were going through your head and if you had any doubts when you're making that decision. So it didn't really happen like that for me. It wasn't like I'm going to quit my job and then I'm going to start a podcast. It was more of a process of understanding that what I was doing wasn't bringing me joy. And when I realized that it wasn't bringing me joy, I kind of went into like, I would call it a a mini depression or a rid depression, like not a depression, but a recession, like kind of like that. And it was because it was, it was hurting my identity. I'd built myself up as somebody who was doing this great job in this, in this crazy location in San Diego. And I was just like, this isn't for me. And I knew it deep in my soul. Like we often know the truth deep in our soul. And it was when I stopped the job, I kind of just was trying to figure myself out. What's the next step? What should I do next? And I first thought I was going to try becoming a personal trainer. And that was kind of what I was after, but didn't really fit. And then I started to have amazing conversations with people from Twitter on the phone. And I was like, oh, I should probably record these conversations because someone else might find joy from them as well. And that led me to starting the podcast. Yeah, that's awesome. I I think uh, you mentioned there you had conversations with people from Twitter. And I've personally been using Twitter a lot more recently. And I just think it's so awesome how you can reach out to anyone and really connect with people. Like the community that I've um, began to follow, like it's just so empowering. And I know you're someone I followed and obviously you have a, a good following. Um, but how do you deal with, you know, obviously, as you continue to grow, some of the um, critics that come along with that and people who maybe, you know, see what you're doing and they have, um, you know, concerning questions or something like that? I just treat them with love, man. I mean, I That's just cool. have have so much empathy for anybody who's coming to my page and is like, you know, I don't like this or I don't like that. Or how could you say this? Like, I just I feel a love for that person and I, I hope and wish them nothing but the best. And just try to assume positive intent on anyone who's criticizing or anyone who's just not really resonating with what I'm talking about. Yeah, so we're a podcast uh, where we talk about uh, like sort of entrepreneurship and investing and stuff like that. And our goal is to reach financial freedom and be able to quit our our day jobs kind of like you did and get to work on something that we love to do. Um, and there's like friends and family along the way sometimes who, who doubt you and they, they might say, oh, that's not a good idea. That's too risky. Have you had anyone in your life uh, say anything like that to you about uh, taking that leap to quitting your job? Not really. Um, yeah, no, not really. I don't really <laughs> resonate. Good. I've had, I've had a, a very successful um, family friendship life. I just, I just appreciate uh, and I'm so grateful for all the people who have supported. I haven't really had any naysayers or negativity. It just, I don't really 
accept that into my orbit, but I also have been fortunate that a lot of the people who were surrounding me at birth are just good people who uh, who generally see my my talents or ability and, and believe in me, even if they don't awesome. see the talents or ability. Yeah, no, that's great. Like I said, I think you have great intentions and it sounds like you're attracting these very positive, like-minded people um, that you've had in your podcast. And I've noticed you've had some cool people like Gary Vee on there and everyone just seems blown away by the you know preparation you do and the questions you ask. So I was wondering if you had a framework for that um, that you use to pre- prepare for these podcasts and if maybe you also use that framework in any other areas in your life. Um, so the framework I kind of employ is like, let's just do as much work as possible, but it doesn't really feel like work. So it's not really work, but it looks like work to other people. I love listening to podcasts. I love uh, reading. I love watching videos. Like I just love to do that. And then I invite people on who I genuinely love consuming their content. So if I just listen to one or two podcasts with the person that the guests I'm about to have on and that's more often than other people will do. And, and people will be like, wow, like that's incredible. Like you did deep research. Um, and sometimes I do. And sometimes it's just like, I just spent an extra hour going through their Twitter or their old blog posts or whatever it is. So I, I enjoy consuming. I enjoy the people that I'm bringing onto the podcast. So it's not really a lot of work, quote unquote, for me to actually consume. Like, Noah Kagan, an episode I'm trying to put out to, later tonight or or tomorrow. I am. I did. It turns out I did 16 hours of research for him, but I didn't actually feel like I did 16 hours. It felt like I just you know listened to some podcasts with him and and checked out his worldview. So yeah, I mean, it's cool when what you do, other people are looking at you and saying wow, that's a lot of work you're doing. And you're saying to yourself, nah, man, I'm just having fun. Yeah. So it sounds like it feels like play for you, but it obviously it looks like work to others. Yeah. That great Naval quote. Exactly. Oh yeah. Yep. That, that is Naval quote. I, I love Naval. Um, and something, maybe a different, um, a hard-hearted question, but I think about this a lot with content creators. So what if your means of kind of creating your content? So for example, if your podcast, if podcasting in general would disappear tomorrow, what else would you focus on? On how would you, you know, utilize your energy if you couldn't podcast? Yeah, so I think it it comes down to looking at your skill. When I ask people on Twitter, what what do you think my superpower is? A lot of people said asking fantastic questions, curiosity. So podcasting is just a means for me to follow my own curiosity and ask interesting questions, and so then it becomes like, what are other careers or other places where I could utilize that? Like my parents are both lawyers and they go to court and they read a bunch of material and they ask questions to witnesses and to the judge about the material that they read and consumed in an interesting way that helps them win the case. I do the same thing, but to help people pursue their highest versions in the form of podcasts. So could I use these talents and apply it to be a lawyer? Sure. Could I use these talents and apply it to be a journalist? Absolutely. Uh, so I think it's just about understanding your own zone of genius and trying to do more things in that zone of genius. Yeah, I like that zone of genius. That, that's another Navalism, isn't it? I, has he said zone of genius? I got it from Gay Hendricks. Um, oh, okay. And I think Sahil Bloom on Twitter uh, has also yes. used that a lot. Um but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Naval spoke about it as well. 
Now, just another question kind of with so much content out there to consume, obviously, there's so many interesting people to follow on Twitter, so many interesting podcasts, so many good books to read. How do you decide what's content to consume? And do you have kind of a filter for that? That's a really great question. And it's something that I, I think about a lot. It's like the level of the content you consume, the quality of that is going to be the quality of your own thoughts and the quality of the things you say. And so I spend a lot of time thinking about who is full of wisdom, who is full of entertainment and just being like conscious. Like I love impulsive uh, Logan Paul's podcast. I love Andrew Schultz's podcast flagrant too but those are often more like entertainment sources every now and then i'll pick up a bit of wisdom that i didn't expect but trying to figure out okay where can i find the wisdom one way i like to do that is by going through the people who you think are full of wisdom for me like naval you mentioned before uh balaji is another one go through those people and go through their likes and the people they follow and if you go through the, that on Twitter, at least, you'll find that their curate, the reason why they have such profound thoughts is because they spent a lot of time cultivating wisdom from other people. And the residue of those, of other people, their, them consuming other people is profound. And so I think you have to, if you want to be a more wise thinker or if you want to have better thoughts, it often means consuming higher quality information. The best way to do that is going to people you already recognize as high quality and seeing who they are consuming. Yeah, yeah, that's a really great answer. That's, um, I know it's definitely tough to decide what content to consume, but you know, if people can kind of listen to what you just said there, that really gives a nice framework. of How do you do it? Um, so kind of the same way. Obviously, I just like to surround myself with people who are positive. I mean, on, on Twitter, obviously, I follow people who are great thinkers, um, you know, people who are doing the same thing I'm doing, you know, trying to better themselves 1% every day. And I just try to align myself and really reach out to people and connect on a personal level. And obviously, you help, help everyone without expecting anything in return. And, you know, I think obviously, it's a work in progress. Um, but every day, I just try to get a little bit better and really focus on consuming um, better content, but also trying to produce more than I consume so I can have a positive some impact on the world. Cool, man. Yeah, that sounds sounds like uh, you're doing the right things. Yeah, this uh, kind of reminds me of the whole, uh, I think it's a saying, I don't know if it's a quote, but you are like the average of your five closest friends or something like that. Um, and this is just kind of the social media version of that because social media can be a huge positive tool that you can use to grow your business or do whatever you want in life but it can also be pretty detrimental if you're following just people who care about looking cool and and doing things like that and i think it it just has two like a seesaw you know you could use it to lift you up or to bring you down and uh i don't know i think it's a great tool for helping yourself grow one thing that could help people is like start a new account let's say you don't want to follow all the people, your high school acquaintances, well, just create a new account. And, and I think that since doing that, like I, I used to have a different Instagram account. I still have it, but I created a new one and I, I realized, wow, I don't know what my high school acquaintances, girlfriend who I've never met looks like anymore. And that was actually taking up space in my brain. So yeah, that's definitely something to consider. Yeah. I like that kind of disassociating your identity from the past and creating a new identity 
and, you know, moving forward and being forward thinking. Particularly when it's not serving you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. I like that. Um, yeah. So I, I know another thing, um, obviously, you know, it seems like, like I said, you work very hard, but to you, it may feel like play, but maybe on those days where it teeter totters and feels a little bit more like work than play and you kind of feel stressed and overwhelmed and maybe you're tired, you didn't sleep all the night before. How do you deal with that? And are there anything that you do to um, help yourself kind of stay sane? Meditating is a big one. Um, you know, going on a lot of walks, going on as many walks as I can. I don't, I don't really, I don't really subscribe to the idea of like getting overwhelmed. Like, what's yeah. gonna happen? Like, I'm supposed to post an, an episode. I said Monday and Thursday. I, I have Monday and Friday as as uh, as my dates for posting episodes. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna try to do Monday and Thursday. But like. I, I didn't get an episode out right now. Like, it's all good. Like, I just had some family situation emergency kind of happen today. And I was just like, yo, like, life could be taken from you at any moment. You don't know. You We think we're in control. Like, what are what's the really important things? And it's like, yo, like, if you're doing business, like, it's not the end of the world. You didn't hit your quota for the month or you didn't... You didn't hit the amount, whatever. Like, it's just like we we put on a pedestal such the wrong things from my perspective. And it's like when you really see the veil of that, you really understand it. It overwhelm and just getting stressed, it, it just doesn't align and it doesn't serve me. So why would I spend my time on that? Yeah, I think that's a good answer. I think I heard you say that when you were first creating episodes, you kind of put out there in the uh, the Twitter sphere that you're gonna i think it was you know might have been three weeks at the time um but yeah. then you said you're like i i want to be accountable and i care what my audience thinks but at the same time i almost i don't care what they think so yeah. maybe speak a little bit about that yeah it's like such a fine balance of you appreciate and love everybody who who checks out your stuff and resonates with it or doesn't resonate with it but spends time on it but at the end of the day i'm not gonna let that person define me or define my identity or tell me how I should be doing my podcast. It's my podcast for a reason. It's not yours. And you know, like that, that is so freeing to me of being able to appreciate anybody who, who appreciates you, but also not knowing that, but also knowing that they don't define you in the same sentence, in the same breath. So yeah, if you can balance those two, I think you're, you're in a really, really good position in life. Because at the end of the day, you have to care about other people's perspectives. But if you can also equally not care, you can have a level of freedom that just feels really peaceful and nice. Yeah, no, that sounds really empowering. I know it's the art of balance. That's a tough thing to do. But once you master that, it sounds like you really can be aligned with your thoughts and your true intentions can come out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that's what's happened for me. I, I. And what's helped me get there was really meditation and, and just sitting with my thoughts and and just stopping and and watching as I cared about other people's perspectives at different times in my life more than today. And just going through that process of, of sitting down with my thoughts has, has really helped me at a deep level. Yeah. I like I heard you say that meditation is being alone with your thoughts. And I think that's a very powerful quote. Now yeah, what what are some like I know obviously that sitting there being alone with your thoughts, but what are some other types of ways you meditate? Do you, 
you know, ever go to the beach, go on a walk, do you consider that meditation as well? Or is it more laying still, eyes closed and just trying to be nothing? Yeah, it's more for me, it's more the latter. And the reason why, like I do consider, I consider conversating meditation. I consider lifting weights meditation. I, I consider a lot of things meditation, but I think there's something really powerful to making it a daily practice and having to show up every day because it's like, who's going to have more progress? The person who says, okay, I'm going to exercise whenever I feel like it. Like I'm going to play basketball whenever I feel like, it. or the person who's like, yo, I'm going to play basketball three times a week and I'm going to try to get better. And I'm going to, you know, like you're just going to make more progress by having it as more of a practice, I think, or that, that's how it's worked for me. Other people could, could feel differently. And so yeah. I feel like I've made a lot of progress internally by, by just making it a practice. Do you, have you guys meditated before? Try it out. Yeah. Hey, Danny, still there? I think you cut out for a sec. A little uh, technical difficulty. Yeah, so <laughs> no worries. Did you just have a question there? Yeah, I was just curious if, if you guys have meditated before, and if so, what has your experience been like? Yeah, no, I, I try to meditate every night. Um, I actually do it laying in bed. Um, I try to almost wash the day away from my mind. And whatever happened, whatever's going to happen, I try to not let it impact my current thoughts. And I try to lay there and rest my physical body and then bring my mental body down to just the current state and right here, right now. So... For me, it's just trying to be in the very, very moment and not worrying about the past and not worrying about the future. I hear the so, birds yeah, chirping I don't in meditate. the background too. Very nice. What was that? I hear oh, the birds chirping yeah. in the background. Yeah. Yeah, they're, nice. they're going crazy over here right now. Yeah. They're um, feeling this um, podcast. They, they are. Yeah. Might have to have them on a little bit, see, see what they're chirping about. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't meditate. I've never really tried it. Um, it's something I do want to eventually uh, get into. I kind of have a pretty stressful day. Most of the, not necessarily stressful. I'm pretty good about staying calm. Um, but I do a lot. And then kind of at the end of the day, I have my like one episode of Netflix before bed. And that just kind of calms me down because I just watch the episode and kind of zone out. And then you're not kind of thinking your own thoughts in your head. Um and that's just my way of calming down. Um, but I do want to get into meditation at some point. Nice. Man. Uh, so, so while we're talking about uh, sort of like our internal thoughts and stuff like that, I listened to one of your episodes. I think it was episode 70, maybe with David Perel. Mm. Um, and I love golf. And he was talking about golf and how it's this internal struggle. Um, because it seems like it's like a peaceful thing. You're out out in nature and kind of just relaxing a lot of times with friends and things like that. But there's a lot that goes into like every shot and you're really thinking about it and you want to do your best because it's kind of like a competition. Um, and you're kind of playing by yourself, you know, it's your score. Um, no one else can have an impact on that. You do your podcast by yourself. We're here with three of us actually on our podcast. Um, but you're by yourself. Do you ever have any issues with the fact that you, you can't really bounce your thoughts off other people? I mean, you just kind of have to come up with ideas on your own. Yeah. Um, it's something I've thought about a lot. I really like the aspect of doing it alone because I feel as if I can get more done, right? Like, let's say one of you is like, all right, like I'm not really feeling the podcast this week. Well, like I could just be like, yo, I'm going to go, 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 go. So I like that from that perspective about the bouncing ideas part off. I really cultivate a few people who are, good with content and who 
I could talk to about this type of stuff and we go on calls and we speak about it and we're like, yeah, I'm thinking about doing this and yo, check out this thumbnail that I created. So it's not fully alone in the sense of I'm sharing the journey with, first of all, everyone on Twitter who I'm like, yo, this is what my grandma said about the episode, but also I'm sharing with specific people in general who, who helped me come up with ideas and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Another question I had, um, what makes you excited for the future and what besides your podcast, what gets you out of bed every day? My family, um, you know, just understanding that hopefully, I mean, there'll be a time likely without my parents, without my grandparents and just how grateful I am to be able to spend this time with them is something that I, I don't take for granted and it, it really means a lot to me. So that that's one thing that helps get me out of bed. But another is just like understanding that like you're given this opportunity to be, to be here in this moment. And like who gave you that opportunity? Like why are why are you here? Why why am I here? Why is anyone here? And like could we create joy with this opportunity? Could we create love? Could we help each other out? Like that, that stuff just gets me so interested in life and gets me out of bed in the morning. So I'm like, yo, what, what type of crazy coincidence can happen today? What kind of, what kind of wild thing? So yesterday I went to, I went to get, um, some lunch. And I'm sitting down, I'm getting lunch and they mess up my order. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to let this, you know, I'm just going to let it go and like going to see what happens because of it. Like normally I would be like, yo, like this was actually my order. But I was like, let me just accept what life handed me and see. So because of that, I ended up going to this park, which I, I never go to, haven't gone to in two, three years. And I go to sit down at a table to eat the lunch. And I'm like, I'm not feeling it. Like, like, let me go over there to a different bench. I go to the bench and sit down at the bench. And when I read who the bench is dedicated to, it's a family friend who was lost to brain cancer when he was like 17 years old. And I'm like, yo, like, what is that? What's going on? Like, life is magical in the sense of like, yo, this kid didn't get this opportunity to live out a life and I am and I do. And it's just like, I don't take it for granted. And so, yeah, stuff like that helps me get out of bed in the morning and excites me in general of like living life to the fullest. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's beautiful. I love that. I love how you just took a, a simple moment and you really just cherished it. And you know, if more people could do that, I think the world will be a better place. So I appreciate you making the world a better place. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. It, it's like the simple moments. Like if you really just stop, like stop like in the middle of your day, like while you're watching Netflix and be like, yo, how crazy is it that somebody else created entertainment and I'm watching it right now and I'm like kind of watching it. But like I can get the experience that they imagined in their head and I can get that in my brain right now. How wild is that? So yeah, that that just 
the craziest thing about humanity. And like, how are we not freaking out about this? <laughs> like, we're we're recording on the internet, which was created like in the last forty years and used by anyone, and we're speaking to each other. We've never met before, and other people can now hear us. Yo, this thing is wild. So, so yeah. that's what gets me out of bed. You know, I no, I, I agree with that. Yeah, if it internet was not a thing. I can be confident that we would not be speaking right now. So the internet is just, it, it brings, yeah, there's, you know, social media and there's a lot of, you know, negative aspects to it. But I think for the most part, there's definitely more positive and you can impact anyone anywhere. Like if I wanted to, I could talk to someone thousands of miles away with a click of a button. And I think that, yeah, like you said, that, that helps me get out of bed too, knowing how much opportunity is out there and how many people, you know, want to take the effort and, just better themselves every day and connect. And I think from like a deep personal level, people want to be together and, you know, want to have that connection. Yeah, man. When I was, I was going to uh, Noah Kagan's house and I was about to interview him and I'm getting in the car and I'm like, yo, how crazy is this? Like, do you guys, do you guys know who Noah Kagan is? Like, is he a name that is, you're familiar with? I, yeah, I think I follow him on Twitter. So I, I know him um, from a Twitter standpoint. So Yeah. So yeah. he is somebody who I followed probably for the last five, maybe seven, eight years. Just been aware of him and resonated with his stuff. And I'm like, yo, I'm about to go to his house right now. Like, how crazy is this? Like, what is life? Like, how did I make this happen? And so I think the more times you can identify that joy identify that wonder where do you find wonder in your life is it when you're on the golf course is it when you're watching netflix is it when you're meditating is it when you're um podcasting like where do you find wonder i think that's a helpful thing to take away and then try to do more of the things that bring you wonder and joy and if you can like make slowly make your day more filled and full of the wonder and joy in your life you're just going to be in a better place a year from now versus a year ago like it just will be because you'll be like wow this is crazy this is awesome how am i here what am i doing here this is wild yeah i like that just add add one thing a day that brings you joy and keep doing that until it compounds and sounds like that's your secret of life right there <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> it feels like a secret sometimes but yeah. i think that it's accessible and available to most people right yeah it's, it's not easy but it's simple you know yeah Obviously, it takes some time. And if, if I'm uh, not mistaken, I believe Noah is a little bit old. I don't know exactly how old you are, but I'm assuming you're around yeah. our age. We're, we're 26. Yeah, but 26. so 26. Just so the uh, the age difference there, I know some of your guests in the past, too, have been, been quite old, like Gary Vee, for example, and Sahil Bloom. Um, how do you kind of deal with that um, difference in age or maybe it doesn't impact you at all? Yeah, I mean, one thing is that's important is like we're all people like. Gary V is 45, I think 46. Gay Hendrix is like 77. Um, and just understanding that, you know, just because this person's older does not mean that you can't talk to them. In fact, that's like more of a reason why you should and why you can. It's like they're older, they have more experience, they're they're they've just seen more trips around the sun and more events occur. And not to be intimidated by that. One thing that doing my podcast has taught me is like, we're all people. We all put on our shoes the same way. We all put on our pants the same way. And we all have struggles and we all have things we're overcoming. We have things we're proud of. And 
it's just like, yo, people, we're all people. And, and the excitement of that and the joy of like seeing somebody who's really quote unquote made it, but also seeing them in a way and connecting with them in a way that's like, you know, that's just a person. They have a billion dollars next to their name. Like, so what? Like, it's just a person at the end of the day. And so it's really put the pedestal down on a lot of the people we look up to in a good way and um, understanding that we're all at that level in some respect. Yeah, I like that. Beautiful. Um, you have anything yeah, I honestly, to add to that, I find the same thing with things we do, uh, like investing wise and things like that. If we were hanging out with um, friends that all they want to do is drink seven nights a week, um, you're not going to be very successful. But if you surround yourself and have conversations with people who have, who have done things before, um, and then you just have so much more of a chance of success and learning from them is just so easy. So I love how you put that about just talking to older people and, and they're humans just like everyone else. Yeah. And also I, I kind of want to push back on the drinking seven days a week because although that's not something that I do um, and I, I don't really drink at all. Do you, have you heard of the guy Dana Beers? Oh, is that the guy from, from Barstool? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. he literally made his thing like, yo, I'm just going to drink beer. <laughs> and like, look at yeah. the doors that he's opened by virtue of just being himself, following his own joy, his own curiosity. And yeah, that, that probably sucks to do, like having to drink beer all the time and like, like that being your brand or that being the thing. But like he's helped his own life by virtue of drinking beer seven days a week, basically. Yeah. So yeah. I just, I think that, it's so easy to, for us to like put judgment or to say like, oh, you do it this way. You can't make it. Well, like there, there are different ways to navigate the world. And sometimes I get in this, this mindset of like, you can only make it if you do it this way. And um, just like showing there, there's multiple ways to, to get to the place you want to be. And I think it's just everyone's got their own path and, and following that. Yeah, I like that. That's a great perspective. I mean, I'm sure it's tough during seven days a week, but someone's got to do it. <laughs> so uh, thankful for Dana Beers. Dana Beers. I mean, oh. the amount of connections he's made by virtue of just being himself and drinking beer and like being fun about it is incredible. I watched that whole thing in like 2021 or 2019, rather, when he like first set off and did it. I was like amazed. I was like yeah. texting all my college friends and like, yo, like good for this guy. Like he's he's doing something we used to do in college and, and he's making a brand around it. And yeah, so I, I just am amazed at people and their ability to, to do what they want to do based on their interests or passions. I mean, I would never want to travel 24 seven and make that my brand and make that my, something I had to do. But like, there are people who love that and thank God because like, you know, they're, they're putting their own passion on display and they're able to, to help themselves by virtue of doing the thing they love. And that's the beautiful thing about today's day and age. It's just like, there's so many ways to do what you love and do what you're good at and, and really make money from it. Yeah. And I think this point right now in history, it's the most opportunity ever existed and anyone can really do anything, you know? Um, obviously, yeah, there are some people who are less fortunate and maybe don't have, um, access to certain things like, you know, internet. Um, but for the people who do there, there's so many opportunities and you can really find that thing you're good at and do that for the rest of your life. Because if you wake up and you're doing something you don't like, and you're like, Hmm, I'm doing this thing. I don't like it. Um, I think, I don't think you kind of realized this too, before you started doing your podcast, you're like, I want to do something I like every day. 
And I wish more people could kind of realize that and see that, that if you're doing something you don't like and you have a passion in something, you, you should just continue to pursue it and, you know, put the time in and eventually, you know, it will pay off. Yeah. And also on that point, it's like you could make the same mistake again, for example, and like be okay with that. One thing that happened to me was I took this job, this NFT job um, in August of 2021. And by December of 2021, I realized like, yo, this doesn't resonate with me. And similar thing to what happened when I had my job in San Diego. And so like understanding, like it's all part of the process. And if you go down a route, if you haven't figured out and then you go down a different route and you don't have it figured out anymore, that's all good like that's that's completely cool and and i think there's a lot of pressure like to find the joy to find the meaning to find the purpose but then not also considering the fact that you can find it and then not find it and then find it again like that's what life is just one big circle of finding not finding finding and um yeah at least that's what i found and you can almost find the thing that brings you joy by crossing off the things that doesn't give you joy and, you know, trying something and say, Hey, you know what, this isn't my thing. I'm going to cross off, try something else. And then you won't really know, or maybe you won't know um, what brings you joy unless you try a ton of things and cross off the things that don't bring you joy. At least that's why I look at it. Yeah. I love that. And like just treating things as experiments, like not putting so much pressure on, on yourself or anyone to like be there and just like, yo, I'm going to experiment with this. Like, what would you do if your friends, if you knew your friends wouldn't make fun of you, I think that's what meditation really helped me come to that place. And COVID in general is like, yo, like what were you doing as a child? What were you doing? Like, what could you do? What would you do if no one knew and no one could know? Like, I would be having conversations. I would be talking to people if you know, like, just what I enjoy doing, literally on Twitter. But it's like, find that for yourself. Find what you would do if no one knew and you couldn't tell anyone about it, because that's like where real joy occurs. Wow, that's uh, that's powerful. Yeah, and I think people do get too caught up in what other people think, which I mean, I, I get that. Um, but I, I feel that that is something that social media kind of does, where people still are caring about what someone from high school thinks of them that they'll maybe never see again or never talk to again. Um, and I, I think it's great to be able to find yourself and be able to just be comfortable with yourself. And I think that's great how you kind of made that so second social media account like you talked about earlier mm-hmm. because then you can help yourself get away from that like oh what what do these people think about what i'm doing because then you can be more comfortable just doing whatever knowing that those people aren't going to really judge you for it and man you'd be so surprised the people who support you on the mission that you're doing and who resonate with it like i've gotten i've gotten messages from random acquaintances from college who I met maybe met one time at a party and it's like, yo, you're incredible at interviewing. Like you're doing a great job with the podcast. Keep it up. And I'm like, yo, I didn't spend really that much time with this person, but this person took the time out of their day to support and to show some love. And it's just so appreciated because it's like, it's like, you don't know who, who your real fans are. You don't know who's going to resonate with your message. And Sometimes we put it in our head, oh, that person's going to make fun of me. But who knows? That person could be your biggest supporter. And maybe when you think people are going to make fun of you, you don't even have an actual person in your head. It's more so just the idea that's scaring you away from doing the thing you love. And so I think once you, it's like everything action 
dissolves fear. When you are acting, it's like, I don't think about, oh, what's this person going to say? What's that? Per-? Like, I'm just acting in the sense of I'm putting out podcasts, I'm putting out videos, I'm putting out tweets. Like, I'm just putting myself out there and I'm not, I have no care. But there was a point in time, probably, I don't know, three years ago plus, where I was nervous about putting myself out on video or putting myself out on audio, really video. I don't know why. Like, I just felt the judgment for that. I've always naturally expressed myself as a writer. And so I just felt, you know, some level of insecurity around that. And then I started putting out video podcasts and I was like, yeah, this is no big deal. I can go now because I realized that no one cares. It's like, I think sometimes we hype ourselves up so much to the point where it's like, oh, everyone's going to see this. Everyone's going to judge me. Bro, you put out, I put out YouTube videos and they're like, like four views and you're like oh shit like actually no one cares i'm like <laughs> yo how amazing and freeing is that wait, wait. four people care right <laughs> well it was zero for a long time you know oh, okay. <laughs> it was like no views and i was like you know what that means to keep working like you need to get more people to know about you figure out that this is something they should pay attention to so yeah i mean it's like life is so simple when you really boil down to it and um I'm grateful to get to that place and that point. And I guess going back to your earlier question, like that's what helps get me out of bed in the morning. It's like yeah. understanding and knowing for me at this point in time, life is very simple. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Life, life is very simple. So that's a quote to live by. <laughs> and I, I, and I think, yeah. And I think kind of, you mentioned how before you put yourself out there, you almost, you were more kind of nervous and worried before. And then once you actually took the action to do that, you're like, Oh, this isn't as bad and I'm going to keep doing it. And this is what I like. So I feel like a lot of people, you know, fall into that thing like, Oh, I, I could do that, but it's scary. It's uncomfortable. And you know, once people do those uncomfortable things, I think it really helps them out. What are some maybe uncomfortable things that you've done that you questioned before, but then once you've done them, you're like, Oh wow. I'm so glad I did this. One big thing was going five days with no clocks, no phones, no electricity, electricity yes but no no uh electronics in in terms of like anything and i was kind of nervous to do that because if you think about it when was the last time you didn't know what time it was like have you gone a day without looking at the time never (laughs) but i can't say i have but yo how crazy is that because some guy literally just invented the time and was like yo we're gonna keep time now right (laughs) There's time by nature. The time in nature is like sunrise, sunset. And when you stop thinking about the time, it kind of changes your perception because you're like, oh, I should go to bed like a couple hours after the sun sets and I'll wake up when the sun rises. And like you just follow your body's clock more naturally. And so that was one thing where I was kind of nervous to do, but I kind of reframed a lot of my beliefs and it's actually i did it august of 2020 and that was a month before i started the podcast and it kind of clarified my thoughts and gave me such clear vision on where i wanted to go because it was five days of literally just meditating reading journaling reviewing old journals and i had such a clear understanding of what i needed to do to get better to get to where i wanted to go i wrote on this list like guests that i'd like to have is like gary vaynerchuk um, you know, like people like that and, and like people who I've actually got, like people who have, who have changed my life in some way. And so that's something that 
I'm really grateful I took and I was kind of hesitant to actually do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know kind of being being more in nature, this is quite a really like nature does not hurry, yet everything is accomplished. And that's kind of sounds like, you know, you experience that. And we're able to, you know, like you said, get a vision for these having these guests on your podcast. Yeah. Awesome. Nature does not hurry, but everything gets accomplished. And if you yeah. think about that, it's like you are nature too. I am nature as well. Like we often put out the separation between there's me and then there's like going into the forest and then there's the beach. Like there's a difference. There's no difference there. Like you are part of that. And so when you really sit with that thought, it changes your perception of, oh, I need to be here at this moment or I need to do that. No, like where you are right now is exactly where you're supposed to be. And so treat that moment and treat that treat that interaction with yourself or with others, like with a level of respect and, and just appreciation because you're nature and you can't hurry the process that you want to get to or the place you want to go. Like appreciate this. Yeah. I love that. I, I think we keep talking about this all day, but I kind of want to switch some gears here unless you have uh, anything else you'd like to add. No, nah, man. Awesome. Go wherever you want to go. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I know obviously we, we like to talk about the current state of the economy and we're investing podcasts. Um, so I wanted to get your opinion on kind of where we're at. I don't know if that's something you actively keep up with or if it's kind of just secondary noise to you and you, you know, you don't really, you know, kind of care about that. Yeah. It's like secondary to me. Okay. Um, Gotcha. But but I'm curious, like from your guys' perspective, who obviously follow it closely. Yeah. What's going on? Like, why is Luna crashing? Why yeah. is uh, why is the economy in shambles? Like, what's going on? Or not yeah, the economy, I, just the <laughs> the numbers so I, and the digits. Right. Yep. No, I know it's definitely not not a great time to be an active investor, but I think it kind of stems from at least a downturn, uh, high inflation, and continued high inflation, and the fact that the Fed has to take action and raise interest rates. And obviously, when they do that, um, it decreases capital available to companies and those companies can't um, you know, pay employees and it really trickles down into the economy. Um, Why do they I, have to do that? Um, so they net technically, I, in my opinion, don't have to do that, but inflation could get out of control. So they're using the interest rates and raising them as a tool to fight inflation and help cooling down overheating economy. And I saw that inflation went up 8.3% in April. Uh, so that, that wasn't just for April. That was uh, the year over year. So okay. that was um, the metric from last April to this April. Yeah, that, that's actually one thing I just Googled today was yeah. like 8.3 inflation. And then yeah. it says like April. And I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> do we get that in one month? So oh, thank God. you for clearing that up. For yeah. Me. yeah, no, that, that would be dire about that one month. I think we would all be in shambles. <laughs> Yeah. And, and I think like, yeah, it is to keep up with it. You know, there's a lot going on. Everything's changing. It's kind of stressful. But at the same time, it really, it does impact um, everyone in certain ways, whether they you know see it or not. Mm -hmm. um, for example, like the rising interest rates, if you're looking to buy a home and, you know, now your purchasing power is going to be decreased because interest rates are high and, you know, you're not qualified for as much money as you were before. And that could you know, impact your plans to move or start a family or have kids. Um, you know, so I think it is important. But at the same time, I don't think you're missing too much by not being <laughs> active in it because it can be stressful. So I think doing what you're doing is awesome. Yeah, man. I think it, it's also like, does it, are you 
are you paying attention to it from a place of fear or are you paying attention to, to it from a place of joy? And like, like, are you just naturally inclined to look at the markets and to analyze certain things and look at the stocks and see how each one like is better than the other and, and investing. And like, I think some people are definitely just find such joy from doing that. And then there's other people who, who don't. And so it's like, if that's where you find joy, that's, that's incredible. And, and just keying in on where you find your own joy and keying in on like, if that's something, if you're doing it out of fear or out of joy, I think it's so important. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good question. That really makes me think. I know, I, I guess I would say I'm a little bit of both because sometimes I'll be checking my portfolio like five, 10 times a day. I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, does it really matter when it comes down to it? And other mm-hmm. times I'm like, okay, you know, what's the Fed going to do with interest rates? Like, I'm just generally curious. And obviously, you know, based off historic events, like I'm just like waiting to see what's going to happen. And it's interesting to me, that part. So there are parts where I'm like, eh, maybe I'm a little fearful. Other parts, I'm like, oh, this is cool. It's interesting. What are they going to do? And how does it impact me? And, you know, what, what's going on? So, yeah. Yeah. I really feel that because I feel that way about politics too. Oh yeah. In in the sense of like I re- I remember so vividly in November when the elections were going on, I was refreshing nonstop latest news. <laughs> I was so like, oh, yo, yeah. is this election in like gonna be decided? What's going on? Refreshing, refreshing, and it's just like, yeah, that's such that was so fear based from my perspective, but like. At the other side, there is part of me that's interested in the, the quest for power and like the how that's gonna help or hurt the world. Like, so I totally understand that, and I'm on the same page with you. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it's it's good to be aware of that, and I think it can help you make more sense of it and you know, not, not go crazy. Yeah. There, there's a lot to go crazy about if you really focus on it. Yeah. Are you guys Canadian? Um. No, I'm I, half French Canadian. I, I am half French Canadian, but you are not the first person who asked. I get asked that all the time, just I, based off the way I talk. I don't know. Yeah, you, you say like a boat, like yeah, and you got you got some sort of accent there. Yeah, I I guess we're close to Canada. We're like four hours away. So. We're from outside of Boston. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we don't have too much of the uh, park the park the car. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, I didn't know accents traveled via um geography very close geography there you know like i wonder if it's in the air or something the canadians just shouted and you guys got some of that yeah maybe there's southern winds bringing it down we did take a trip to canada actually all three of us who do this podcast back in uh, i think september so maybe it kind of just stuck with us yeah maybe how do accents happen that's a really good question wow I honestly, I don't know. I think it's yeah. the same as probably like, so if, you, if you're born in the United States, it's likely that you're brought up to learn English unless your parents are from a different background. Um, and I think it's probably the same thing with the different dialects and accents is probably just where you're born. That's just how you're taught it. You listen to your parents and I think yeah. that's just how it's developed over time. Yeah. Well, who knows? My, my way of thinking about it is it's almost like an agreement with certain cultures. Like they say words certain ways and everyone just agrees. That's the way to say it. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, and then we'd punish somebody for speaking weirdly, like yeah. just in subtle ways. We're like, well, this is what happened when I was young. We would be like, make fun of somebody because they pronounced a word weirdly, which is like a subtle way of getting someone back on the path of the quote unquote way we're supposed to speak. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and then we have Danny coming on. Like, Yo, bro, are, are you Canadian? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where are you? Where are you from, Danny? I'm from Canada. 
Oh, you are? No, I no, no. That. No, <laughs> every, everyone actually always I'm assumes actually... I'm from Canada because yeah. um, cause, like, I guess they think nice. I'm nice. Yeah, that's what everyone says. Yeah. Um, wow. But no, I'm actually from New York, Long Island. Wow, okay. Yeah. yeah Is there any... I can, I can think of like a Brooklyn accent, but I don't know if Long Island has any kind of specific accent you got there. Long Islanders do have specific accents, and thankfully... I didn't inherit one of those because <laughs> uh, it, it can be quite obnoxious. But okay. um, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, why didn't I get in a, a Long Island accent? I don't know. I'm yeah. curious about that, though. I actually, what is a Long Island accent like? Can can you uh, YouTube it? <laughs> maybe like, do you want? Okay, I was going to YouTube it after this or insert it yeah. into the podcast. <laughs> all right yeah we'll, we'll look it up after it's like here. the jersey shore is like the best oh, okay way to, okay to really that imagine happens. it yeah i i can definitely get I... the jersey shore accent yeah that's that's a good one <laughs> uh who, who would have thought we were talking about accents on the podcast yeah that's the beautiful thing about a conversation it's yeah. like you don't know where it's gonna go but if you surrender to it you can find questions and find different things that you wouldn't otherwise have been open to if you weren't just be willing to surrender. I love that about a conversation. Yeah. It's awesome. Almost treat a conversation like a river. It can flow where it wants. Sometimes it will flow a certain way and other times it won't. You're full of quotes, my man. (laughs) I I guess I am. I'm I'm a big quote guy. I I should probably be putting some more quotes out on Twitter. Maybe uh, sounds like people might like them. Do you (laughs) have a notebook? I, I do not. Well, I have a notes tab on my phone where I keep down a lot of nice. just random thoughts or things like that. But I don't really ever do a pen, pen to paper, pencil to paper. Is that is that something you do? Um, from time to time. Yeah. Um, what what's the difference between the thoughts you just write in your notepad versus the thoughts that you share on Twitter? Um, so I, I just try to make them very, very clear. And sometimes the thoughts I'm at to have, I'm like, okay, I have this thought about something and I don't know how to get it out in words. So I try to start with writing it down. And by just the act of writing it down helps me kind of you know, organize those thoughts. And, but I mean, there's probably more that I maybe don't share. And it kind of, this goes back to what you said. Maybe I'm a little fearful of what people might think and maybe I should start sharing more. So I appreciate you kind of opening up that perspective um, on this podcast. Hmm. Cool. That, yeah. That's awesome to hear. What What about you? How do you um? I know you, you tweet a lot. Um, yeah, obviously, yeah. I'm sure no no problem for you. It feels like a play, but how do you do? You organize your tweets. Do you schedule them? Is it just whatever comes to your mind? You tweet it out. So I started doing this thing recently in the past week, which is just like doing a thread a day, um, or just trying to do a hundred threads in a hundred days. Oof. And so that's like that's kind of helped me just try to come up with an idea every day. I haven't done one today, so I'm going to be thinking on that after this call. But you guys have given me a lot of things to think about, so that's good. Um, But really, yeah, just it's ideas are happening all the time. And, And stories are happening all the time. Do we have the courage to recognize them? And then once we recognize them, do we have the courage to share them? Right, Like the story that I just told you guys earlier about sitting on the bench and ordering lunch and like, and like seeing the dedication to my family friend. Like that was a story I could have not even really noticed. Right. I could be like, Oh, that's cool. Like whatever. 
And then it could have been like, okay, I could have noticed that. And then I could have not had the courage to share that with you or share it with anyone. And so I think about it like the more I'm in alignment, the more I'm doing um, what what it feels like I'm supposed to be doing on this earth, the more that I have the courage to share and it's easier for me to share because I'm in alignment. You know, like when I was doing this NFT job that I was telling you guys about before, I wasn't really in alignment. And so, and so it was hard for me to share stories or come up with ideas and I was living more in fear. And so the more that I'm in alignment, the more stories I share and the more I'm open to sharing in general. Yeah, it's a, that's powerful stuff right there. I think if more people were able to, you know, kind of share the stories they have, um, world would be a better place. And for me personally, something I've always struggled with is telling stories. Um, and obviously that short story told us, I think you did a great job. I felt like I was, you know, right, right there with you. So what's your method for telling stories? Do you, I mean, I don't know if it just comes natural for you or if you just uh, practice it a lot. Thank you, man. I, I appreciate that because I don't consider myself a great storyteller and it's something that um, I'm definitely not trying to work on, but just cognizant of how to get better. One book that's really great is Story Worthy by Matthew Dix, I think, who I've had on the podcast. And that that, that was really, he's like a story champion and like has told stories for years and he's a beast. But um just like recognizing them more i think is helpful i i think that if you being curious like if you hear somebody tell a story that you enjoy then ask yourself like why did i enjoy that what did they do there and and just being curious and it's a process that i'm trying to figure out myself and have been asking questions about since the david perel episode you guys mentioned before it's like what makes for a good story you think about it at the end of the day, the reason why we enjoyed Apple or we enjoyed Tesla is like Elon Musk and Steve Jobs are just really good storytellers. Why doesn't, you know, some people like Trump or some people like Biden? It's like, I think one huge reason is like because they're not getting enough people to agree to the story they're telling about the world. And so, yeah, I think entrepreneurs are the best people to study and and novelists too like people who write novels and write books because you literally have to buy it it's like there's another level of acceptance or like another level to it where like if a politician tells a story you only have to vote it doesn't cost you anything to vote one way or another but if an entrepreneur or a or a bookseller or you know a writer tells a story you like actually have to get out your money to buy it. And if it's a good enough story, enough people will buy it. And so I think that's something worth considering. A book I really like on storytelling is um, a thousand, a million miles in a thousand years, I think is the book by Donald Miller. He, he's a great storyteller. So that's just a, an additional resource to check out. Yeah, no, I think I'm going to have to look into this. Thank you for that. My pleasure. Awesome. You, you've talked about a few different books um, and it seems like, like Tyler said, I know you might not see yourself that way, but you do seem like a great storyteller. Have you ever considered um, like what your future might look like? Would you ever consider writing a book on um, just anything in your life? 
Yeah, man. It's something that brings me a lot of joy is reading stories and and writing in general. So I could I'd be upset if I die without writing a book. Let's just put it like that. I don't know what that book will be on. I've had different ideas throughout the past few years, but like I just I feel like it's deeply within me to write one and to publish one. That's awesome. And thank yeah, you for I the kind words. I've really started reading a lot more the last few years. You know, you, you're forced to read and in, in like growing up in high school and stuff. And I always hated reading, but the last few years I've, I've picked it back up and it's really just, it's so peaceful. Um, and I go back and forth. I'll read educational books um, that have to do with things like investing. And then I'll, I'll even read fiction books now, or which I would have probably just hated to read in high school. And it just, it's so peaceful and it, you kind of just get pulled into the story and it's just, it's great for you. I feel like. What got you to start reading fiction? Um, to be honest, I feel like there's a certain amount of maybe educational books you can read without kind of just needing to take a break from it. You know, you can't be yeah. um, kind of just learning and trying to like think about things, investing and in entrepreneurial sort of wise all the time. You do need to take a break. And for you, you talk about how you meditate. Um, like I said before, I haven't tried meditating and reading fiction books is just something that kind of clears my mind and you just kind of get pulled into the story and it takes away all that outside noise of anything or any stress you might have going on in your life. And, um, I think that's awesome. And I think it's great that books have the power to do that. Yeah. Fiction's a great thing to read before bed. Um, and <laughs> a quick story for you guys about the, the fiction the and reading. Yeah. It's a quick story. Time. I was doing research for Noah Kagan as a guest on the podcast. And I saw his favorite book was the book that I literally just mentioned a thousand miles in a million years, something like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I, I read, I read that that's his favorite book. I go to sleep or I start meditating in bed and I do that for 20 minutes, have trouble falling asleep. I was like, you know what? I'm going to, going to read some fiction because I heard that's good to read before bed. So I go to my bookshelf. I pull out a random book. Don't look at the cover. And it's his favorite book, A Million Miles in a Thousand Years by Donald Miller. And I'm just sitting there like, what are the odds? I have not pulled out a book from my bookshelf in years. And I didn't know the book that I was pulling out. So... I don't know. How do you explain these coincidences? Like, what what do you think that is? I th the the universe is aligned for you, like you said. You're you're in alignment, and yeah, the universe is taking care of you. I think so, man. I truly believe that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I think this might be a good place to end. Um, but it's been great talking to you, and I appreciate you coming on this podcast. And we're forever grateful for your time. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure, and um, I wish you guys nothing but success and podcasting investing and just living a, a life of joy and meaning yeah thank you danny we really appreciate it and same to you um wish you the best going forward one more thing before we let you go could you just tell our listeners a little bit about where they can find you at hey danny miranda on twitter instagram wherever um and just search danny miranda on youtube all right everyone thanks for listening if you like what you heard we'd be grateful if you leave a rating review or share with a friend 